It's the Peace Podcast. Yes, Mr. Fredinen, how has your weekend been? You came southwards by car for a birthday, was it? Yeah, I was in the birthday of my brother. Yes. And he served a, a kind of a fish pizza on his birthday. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, how was that? And I first I thought, oh, is it possible to eat this fish pizza? <laughs> because he has a different view on food than I. Mm. Because he favors fish. Yes. And I maybe favors other kind of tastes. Yeah. But uh, I understand him. This was a good meal. And yes. I liked it. Yes. And I support him totally. Oh, even though, even though I'm not a vegetarian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which I am, right, Mr. Fredrik? Yes, you are. <laughs> it's the Peace Podcast. Hello, I'm Henrik, and my podcast today has the following message. Peace is possible. I'm thinking about Palestine and Israel, of Ukraine, of Mali and of Yemen, of every place in the world where there is trouble, troubled neighborhoods, troubled lives. Peace is possible. Your security and happiness is possible. And, you know, it's a human right you have. So let's work for it. How? Let's look at how others have made it. Each conflict, each war has its own situation and its own solution. However, some principles of peace apply universally. Let's have a look. Today, I'll examine the principles of John Hume in Northern Ireland. John Hume, together with others, made it. After 60 years of troubles, they made it with the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. Is it a perfect peace in a perfect world? Nothing is perfect. You never get a hundred percent, Hume said in his Nobel Peace Lecture. Did they go from war to peace in Northern Ireland? Yes, they did. How did John Hume and his fellow peace workers make it? If they can make it, others can make it too. John Hume himself believed that it was possible to learn from history how peace has been achieved and apply these same principles in other situations. My question today is, which were the main principles of the Nobel Peace Lecture of John Hume? Firstly, his principle was this, if you want to create peace, you must understand difference. Hume said, The vast majority of conflicts in the world are about the same thing. They're about difference. Whether difference is your religion or your nationality or your race. And the answer is the same. Difference is an accident of birth. Since difference is an accident of birth, one could have been born into the other community. There is not two people in the whole world who are the same, Hume said. Furthermore, difference is at the essence of humanity. Therefore, difference is not something one should fight about. It is something one should respect, Hume said in his noble speech. We can learn from this principle of John Hume that there must be room for difference between people in a society. Hume also said that he himself had been heavily influenced by the European experience, an inspiration for his own peace work. Hume referred to the major wars which had been in Europe in the past and the great achievement that the European Union has been to create a peaceful Europe. It is the duty of every peace worker to study how this happened, Hume said at the end of his noble speech. And Hume looked at the possibilities to create peace in war situations in the 21st century where we are now. 
Hume mentioned the Nobel Peace Prize as an institution, as one possible place to work for peace. Secondly, how Hume showed that one must identify the problem in a conflict to solve it. Hume identified two different mentalities. The Unionist people called Unionist because union with Britain is their political polity. The Catholic people are called nationalists because they wish to be Irish and they wish Ireland to be one country. So, the quarrel is about identity and not about religion. And, when you look at the Protestants or the Unionist mindset being in Northern Ireland, they wish to, and they rightly wish, and their objective is totally correct, Hume said, they wish to protect and preserve their identity and their character. And they're totally correct in that, in my opinion, because every society is richer for its diversity and communities are entitled to their culture and their identity. This ability of Hume to really understand the other side of the conflict, to acknowledge them, to support them, was one of his great abilities. He underlined the significance of this and the equal value of all, the common interest of being in a society together. In his noble speech, he spoke of working the common ground, working the areas of agreement, not the areas of disagreement, working together in our common interest, not waving flag towards each other. Thirdly, about how to achieve the peace, how to get out of the situation of war. Hume continued his noble speech by identifying the problem during the time of the troubles, the oppression by one more powerful side, the Protestants supported by the British. What was wrong in the past was their methodology, Hume said, that the way to protect themselves was to hold all power in their own hands and exclude anybody who wasn't one of them. That's bound to lead to conflict. The real way to protect your identity is, therefore, to come to the tables and reach an agreement that will protect your identity forever. On the other hand, Hume identified the mindset of his own people, the nationalists. Hume called this a, a territorial mindset. With this way of thinking, Ireland is our land. You unionists are a minority, so you can't stop us uniting. Hume's answer was, hold on a moment. It is people who have rights, not territory. Without people, even Ireland is only a jungle. And when people are divided... They can only be brought together by agreement, and they certainly can't be brought together by guns and bombs. Hume reminded us of how terrible the suffering had been for so many during the Troubles, and the vicious cycle of violence and revenge. Hume quoted the famous Gandhi saying, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. To get out of the war, one must get out of this vicious cycle of revenge and build a new future. Furthermore, about John Hume's belief in a non-violent way to achieve the peace. Bill Clinton writes in a foreword to the book John Hume, Irish Peacemaker, that within seven months the IRA declared a ceasefire and a few months after that the loyalist paramilitaries followed suit. John Hume had steadfastly believed during his 30 years of work, that it was possible to come to a peaceful agreement. 
Another thing to notice here is that it was not only John Hume and his companion on the Protestant side, David Trimble, who achieved the peace. They had one other major force on their side. They had the support of the US President Bill Clinton to make the peace agreement. It was soft power, yes, but it was an immense power. A last thing to notice is John Hume's fervent belief in law, common rules, a representative democracy, where all sides are heard and included to obtain a just peace. This point is so significant because a peace is never 100% perfect. There's always someone who can disagree and shout for more war and destruction. But when you have the people on both sides solidly represented in a grand majority for a peace deal, the extremists who want to continue the war can no longer claim to have the popular support to continue the war. Today, we've looked at the main principles of the peace work of John Hume. First, we saw that John Hume showed that we must understand difference and make room for difference in a society to achieve a just peace. Second, Hume identified the main core of the problem of the conflict. In Northern Ireland, it was mainly about identity, different identities and not about religion. Thirdly, these identities must be protected for the different groups to achieve a just and good society. By securing the human rights for all different groups, it is possible to peacefully coexist. Furthermore, it is by representative democratic institutions that these differences in a society must be secured. Finally, the peace was achieved only through a major international support. In this case, in 1998, by the support of the US and President Bill Clinton. So, what can we learn from this story about John Hume and Northern Ireland? We learned that peace is possible and it needs a strong international support to get there. Hume mentioned the Nobel Committee and Peace Prize as a possible place to create peace in future conflicts. In my opinion, the most broadly representative international organization, the United Nations General Assembly, would be the best institutional place to start. However, there are many ways to work for peace and the personal importance of people who work for a peaceful world like John Hume and many others are immensely important. It's the Peace Podcast. Every third week we meet up like now and we, we make it together. Are you going to share some of your great music with us today, Mr. Fredin? Yes, and I mean, it's the Peace Podcast. Yeah. I would like to... Play a Don't Fight. Ah, yes. Which is also a song we made together, right? Yes, it is. You made the music, uh, the arrangement. Yeah. I made the, the lyrics. You did. We, yeah, we did do this together some years ago for at that time. All since the days round the fireplace We evolved from Stone Age to street light. Who would have thought we would walk on the moon And fly in the blue
Podcast. It would be great to play it live here in the studio one day with a bassist, you know, you here on the keyboards, me on the guitar and a vocalist, maybe a little uh, ca- uh, cajon, you know, that little box one plays uh, a little bit of rhythm. Yeah, that would be perfect to, to gather again and play this tune in, in a live yeah. situation and not just playing the, the, the recorded stuff. Yes. Yes, Mr. Fredin, if people want to send a message to the Peace Podcast, how can they reach us? We have a web page, web page right? Yeah, we have a web page, yeah, and it's called peacepodcast.net. Yes, that's the web page, right? That is there, it. There is an email, and people can write to us if, for example, we, we invited people for an interview one time in the future, for example, someone from Israel and Palestine to tell their perspective of the situation. Yeah, and you will find the contact info on the web page. Yes, it's on the web page, right? And Mr. Fridin, this is the Peace, Peace Podcast. Podcast. Okay, thank you for today, and we'll meet uh, here again soon for a new podcast next month about the topic, the very important topic of peace. It's a Peace Podcast. Podcast.